TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damien Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness into our lives. And today... We, uh, my voice is back, so it's uh, everything's all good now. So this week, it's uh, it's been a, a week of recovery. Thanks for uh, dragging me out for that podcast last week, there, boys. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure everybody enjoyed my husky voice for that week. Now this week we have a very interesting guest, and uh, I'm going to let Damien introduce uh, this special, special, special guest because I think the information on this call is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, it is. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Hold on to your seats, everybody. Uh, I came across this lady, um, beautiful woman, um, probably nearly ten years ago when I when I got involved in in using different types of creams, and in particular at this stage, a wild jam cream to assist women with their hormones. Now, the lady Cheryl Salmon, who we're about to interview, is a psychotherapist. She's a naturopath. Um, she specialises in women's health. Uh, she's a journalist. She's got a, a women's radio show. She's uh, appeared on over 1,400 radio and TV shows. She's written over 500 articles for newspapers, health magazines, trade journals. Uh, she's all over the place. She's around the world. She's in Canada, Ireland, the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand. Um, and she really does specialize in everything to do with women. So helping women regain hormonal balance managing the risk of osteoporosis, breast cancer prevention, helping women with permanent weight loss, using food as medicine, and stress management. The list just keeps on going on. Welcome to the Wellness Guys, Cheryl. Thanks for joining us. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me today. Cheryl, um, as I said, I came across your work. Um, it must be it's got to be close to nearly 20 years ago, it seems now. Um, but uh, one of the things that uh, many people, especially women in the world, should be very thankful for is your early work uh, in discovering and in making probably very, very public the scandal associated with hormone replacement therapy and what that meant in terms of increasing the risk of breast and cervical cancer for women. Could you tell us a little bit more about that just to start off? Sure. Yes, you know, it has been, I hate to say it, but almost 20 years ago when I wrote my first book, Hormone Heresy, What Women Must Know About Their Hormones. And actually, it was really attempting to sort out my own hormonal challenges that I was experiencing at that time that led me to do the research that absolutely shocked and horrified me at how women were being treated. And at that time, hormone replacement therapy was the vogue. And to my amazement, and uh, actually it, it just created a tremendous amount of anger when I discovered that this treatment in, in itself is a risk factor for breast cancer uh, and um, should never have really been prescribed for women at all. In fact, the two key ingredients in hormone replacement therapy at that time were known human carcinogens. So I was a woman on a mission attempting to awaken women to what was really going on, to become more empowered with truthful information so they could make more, you know, in decisions about their own health and well-being. And that began a very long journey, which I am still on, attempting to really wake women up to the truth about their bodies, natural, safe options, how do we really get back into hormonal balance at any stage and any age of our life. It's, um, it's, Cheryl, 
You go, oh, sorry, sorry brother. You go, so, brother. So, sure, what you've said that you know you're wanting to wake women up to the truth. I mean, what's the most common misconceptions you're finding amongst women? What are they? What are they missing? What piece of knowledge are they not quite getting, or not quite fully understanding, or not quite being told? I guess. Okay, so uh, I think one of the most important things that women don't understand is that all hormonal imbalance, all hormonal issues, are are symptoms of imbalance going on in our body. They are not the fate of being a female, having a female body. They are not inevitable. You know, when it comes to uh, younger women, uh, menstruating women, PMS is not normal. We really need to understand it's a symptom that our body is out of balance. When we go into menopause and have the hot flashes, we need to understand that that is not normal. We also need to understand that our body has the capacity to rejuvenate our hormones at any age, rebalance our hormones naturally at any age. And that uh, our hormones are reflecting our overall health of well-being and to what degree we are in balance or out of balance, which means we can correct it naturally. We don't need hormones to get our bodies balanced. In fact, hormones will never get our bodies balanced. I'm, 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 you know, <laughs> I don't usually don't want to say this because obviously it's a, it's a touchy topic, but you said that PMS is actually not normal. It's actually a symptom of um, that is abnormal. So you know, being scrutinized before we get scrutinized here, just tell us what is a normal cycle and what it should be like for most well, women. Well, you know, if we are, if our body is functioning optimally, we should be going through all these phases of our life without symptoms, without pain, without suffering. PMS is a sign that a woman is inflamed, that she probably um, has some um, toxicity. Her liver needs attention. She might be, uh, and most commonly is stressed, and the adrenals are impaired. She has too much sugar. Her insulin is out of balance. You know, this is really what we're looking at here. And the traditional model is basically trying to address a symptom uh, with a pill, which is Right now, the pill is the most common drug prescribed to women with all sorts of uh, problems, be it heavy periods, lack of periods, painful periods, ovarian cysts, PMS, you know, you name it. And the pill is prescribed, but the pill is still composed of very toxic ingredients that increases the risk of blood clots, strokes, and even breast cancer. So, you know, my approach as a naturopathic doctor is let's heal at the root cause level. Let's educate women that we uh, we need to understand our bodies are giving us a message and not to suppress the symptoms, which will only make the conditions worse. We drive the imbalances deeper. Cheryl, it's very powerful. Uh, it's a very powerful message that you've got there. Um, with many women, especially girls, um, young girls, just starting their menstrual cycles, um, find that there's some degree of irregularity and uh, they rock up to the doctor, the doctor um, potentially with all good intent, I'm sure with all good intent because this is what they know, prescribe the contraceptive pill. Now it's called the contraceptive pill, Um, however you and I and Brett and Lawrence all know it as hormone replacement therapy. It's just not promoted that way. Now you said before that it contains toxic substances that increase the risk of cancers, which we said. Um, are we just talking estrogen and, or are we talking progesterone? What, what are we talking about here with, in, with regards to hormone replacement therapy with these girls? Well, we're talking about the contraceptive pill. We're talking about a synthetic progestin and estrogens, which, uh, you know, synthetic progestins have been known to be carcinogenic for, you know, 30 or more, 40 years. This is not new. We also need to understand 
Look, if a woman was healthy, she would, and young girls we know take a little time to get their bodies balanced. If you're eating a diet of sodas and bickies and ice cream and fries and, you know, fast food, your body is definitely malnourished and it's toxic and it's going to reflect it by your hormonal cycles. But if we really start cleaning up the diet, you know, the body starts functioning optimally. If you're relying on the pill, what we need to understand is the pill actually causes major depletion of vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, zinc, selenium, B6, B12, uh, tyrosine. Uh, it will act as though it was an antibiotic. It destroys the gut flora. You cannot tell me that taking the pill is going to make a woman healthy and balanced when it is known it causes major depletion of key nutrients. And I was one of those 16-year-olds way back when that was put on the pill to help regulate menstrual cycles. So in you know, if we are rational, sane human beings, how can a pill that depletes key vital nutrients in a body that is already compromised will ever get a woman balanced and harmonized again? And because, you know, we number one thing we need to understand about the pill, it actually takes your ovaries offline. And the term for the pill is called um it it it, it uh, uh, you know, it's it's actually shutting off the system. It is uh, taking the ovaries, putting them to sleep, and then it's controlled by these toxic substances. So when we really understand the risk, it's a very different story. And the longer women are on the pill, and by the way, I've met women on the pill for 30, 40 years, but when young, the younger the, uh, the age of the girl, she's on the pill, the greater the risk she will have infertility later in life because her ovaries come back online. And we have a huge problem with fertility, correct? That's that's amazing, Cheryl. I mean, there's so many girls I know listening to this just saying, like, wow, you know, I, I've been, you know, I got told it was safe. I got told this is just what you do. You know, everyone does it. And, and they're just going to be shocked with that information. And it's so important that this is getting out there. And so, Cheryl, what do you usually recommend then? Obviously, if, if girls are getting to that, I guess, reproductive age and, they, and they're active in that manner, then what what where do you direct them for birth control if it's not going to be the pill? Because there's going to be women there thinking, well, I'm on the pill now. You know, what am I supposed to do? Well, you know, we have to make some distinctions. The number one reason that the pill is prescribed, especially to younger girls, is not for contraceptive purposes. It's to help regulate their menstrual cycles. So the pill has become the number one therapeutic drug given to women these days or young girls or, you know, actually women, even 20 and 30-year-olds are put on the pill as a therapeutic agent. It's to, to address some problem, not as a contraceptive pill. If you're using the pill for contraceptive purposes, which I always say, look, there's a separate issue that, you know, we can, we have to separate this discussion. But if you're using the pill for contraceptive purposes, you need to understand that the body is really needing additional nutritional support, considering the fact that the pill will deplete key nutrients. So you've got to be sure that you're taking adequate vitamins, minerals, probiotics, you know, uh, just make sure your nutrition is really optimal if you're on the pill to compensate. But if you're if you're considering or your doctor is prescribing the pill because of irregularities that are going on in your cycle, then um, that's where you really need to look at other options because that is not the answer and it could lead to a lot of problems in the short term and certainly in the long term.
And with with looking at stress and those type of things, looking at your whole body is one of the solutions to kind of find out why the person is actually, you know, why the 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 um the girl is actually having all these problems in the first place. Is that what you would you would recommend to address well, the problem? Right? Oh, abs- absolutely, yeah. because our our menstrual cycle is really an expression of how well our body is functioning, and the key things we need to address when it comes to our hormones, it, number one is the liver because the liver metabolizes and detoxifies our hormones. And if you have heavy bleeding and clots, it's a sure sign the liver needs help or pain. You know, if you have cramps, you know, it, it could be a liver issue. If you have cramps, it could be a magnesium deficiency issue. Uh, stress, I always consider stress the number one hormone disruptor of all time because your adrenals, which medical doctors don't even think about, don't even address, but our adrenals are really the regulators of our hormones. So our hormonal balance is really determined by how well our adrenals are functioning. And uh, we also have to look at digestion and uh, how, how, how well we're digesting our food. Uh, if, we, if we have um, you know, healthy gut flora, which help to make hormones and if you've taken antibiotics and the other thing I need to emphasize is the pill acts as an antibiotic it's a steroid it wipes out your gut flora and if your gut flora is interfered with now you're open to yeast infections your immune system is compromised your, your, your neurotransmitters which affects your depression anxiety or fear you know it's a big story here and you know what no one's telling the story as it really needs to be told for a second there but well, i'm gonna i'm gonna continue this trend thank you so much i mean i didn't, i never knew how the pill actually affected that much um especially with the depletion of vitamins and also the gut flora wow that's just incredible but you know if that's a, having an effect on someone who's you know in reproductive age in the teenage years it's got to have long-term effects so let's talk a lot of little bit about how the roles of hormones now play in terms of one of the things that we want to get into um is breast cancer how does hormones play the in in terms of development of breast cancer in the future well um well you know uh, um when our hormones are out of balance um it could be because uh, we're so malnourished or under stress that we're not ovulating every month and if you're not ovulating every month then you are um deficient in progesterone, which is a key hormone that balances estrogen. So just a little kind of brief lesson here, that our hormones, which are made in parts per billion and parts per trillion, are like little messengers that are going to every single cell of our body. Every single cell is affected by these hormones. So when they are out of balance, our whole physiology is out of balance. It's affecting many, many systems of our body. So the two key hormones that most of us talk about when it comes to women, although it's not the whole story by any means, is estrogen and progesterone. So estrogen is proliferative. It causes cells to grow and it's uh, the hormone that causes young girls to go into puberty and develop breasts and hips and get nice and rounded. And progesterone is a hormone made when we ovulate, so we have to we have to ovulate to produce um, progesterone. Actually, the little sac, the follicle that holds these eggs as they mature, we get to ovulation, and when one of them matures and releases the egg, that sac goes through an amazing transformation and turns into an endocrine gland, and that endocrine uh. gland produces progesterone. So you've got to ovulate to make progesterone, right? So so these 
hormones do a dance together. They're dance partners, and um, estrogen and progesterone uh, work together really well. When there is not enough progesterone, estrogen becomes proliferative. Too much estrogen, it's out of balance, it's out of whack. And too much estrogen can cause fluid retention. It can cause inflammation in the body. It can cause increased headaches, mood swings. It can cause... Um, uh, you know, blood clots, strokes. I mean, there are serious consequences, but it causes proliferation of estrogen-sensitive tissue. It can drive everything from fibroids to uh, ovarian cysts to, you know, just about every imbalance a woman may be experiencing. So we call this condition estrogen dominance, and that's been pretty much accepted now that mm. most are experiencing an excess of estrogen and deficiency of progesterone when they have hormonal imbalances. And this is PMS, this is perimenopausal symptoms. You know, the medical profession still believes to this very day that a, a perimenopausal woman, which is, you know, when women are five to 10 years before the end of their menstrual cycle, so in their 40s or so, when things start getting irregular, it's um, when the hot flashes and night sweats and all these issues start showing up. And Doctors believe it's a deficiency of estrogen, but actually it is a time when women are making high estrogens because they're not ovulating regularly, low progesterone, estrogen-dominant condition. And then if you're overweight, your fat cells make estrogen. So now we know that obesity in women of all ages is a major risk factor for breast cancer because the majority of breast cancers are caused by an excess of estrogen and a deficiency of progesterone. This so is such it's, it's such a great point. We do where we speak about um, obesity quite a lot in you know many of our nutrition uh, programs that we have, Cheryl, and uh, and, and we do see that uh, it's increasingly becoming a bigger problem. What's interesting though is that we have estrogen in our you know estrogen mimicking chemicals such as PCBs and plastics. We see it in uh, you know much of the poultry that comes out that's not organic. We see that there's you know increased estrogens. We see um, other estrogen mimicking um, chemicals that come through our food supply, which which do affect some people, but not every single woman gets breast cancer or cervical cancer. And I suppose uh, a greater understanding is of, of this problem. Is becoming um, easier to under, is becoming, I suppose, greater aware and better. It's easier to understand now that we're doing nutrigenomic testing and physiogenomic testing to determine whether or not women can clear estrogens from the body. So it doesn't seem any more as simple as just saying, "Hey, you've got high estrogen um, and a deficiency in progesterone." Now, what we can see is we can see whether or not women are channeling and funneling estrogen out of their body safely or not safely. Could you elaborate a little bit on that, please, Cheryl? Well, well, let's just say breast cancer is kind of the end end process of a very chronically imbalanced body over a period of time. So, you know, that's an ex that's taking this imbalance to an extreme. Most women, if they are experiencing um, any sort of PMS, uh, fibroids, fibrocystic breast, ovarian cysts. Uh, you know, hot flashes, night sweats, you know, these are, these are imbalances that are giving them clues and you want to address them right on, you know, right away. You don't want these things to linger and we need to address the underlying things that are driving these conditions because that's putting our body out of balance. And then the extreme is, of course, uh, breast cancers. Now we, you know, we never really know what really are the triggers for women. However, doing nutrigenomic testing myself, 
I have learned some very profound things. And um, without getting too technical, the most profound thing that I have found is the fact that just about everybody these days, and I mean everybody, I mean I've tested hundreds and hundreds of people right now with genomic testing all over the world, and I can tell you there is not one person that I have tested that has the capacity to deal with our toxic world. So our detoxification pathways are seriously impaired which means that when we are exposed to toxins and if our body cannot properly eliminate those toxins, and this is particularly relevant when it comes to how the body can clear these endocrine-disrupting chemicals, the body will um, be compromised in its ability to break these estrogens down into the safe, benign form and instead can metabolize them inappropriately into a much more toxic and proliferative, highly stimulating form of estrogen, and that can get reabsorbed. So now a woman is increasing these toxic estrogens circulating through her body because of the inability of her liver to properly detoxify a whole range of estrogens that she's exposed to, whether it's from the environment, whether it's made from her own body, uh, or whether it's due to visceral fat that is a little factory of estrogen in its own right. That's such a good point, Sharon. It's something we talk about a lot on this show is just how our modern environments and our modern toxic world, you know, we're just not designed to deal with it. And, you know, something Damien touched on just a little bit earlier that I think is important for us to, to specifically talk about is is some of the estrogenic substances like the plastics and, you know, even the phytoestrogens in some of our foods like soy and those sort of things. You know, what role do they play in terms of this estrogen dominance we're talking about? Well, um, uh, estrogen disrupting chemicals, which are ubiquitous, they're in our food, they're in our water. I, I wrote a really, you know, all this, by the way, is in my book, Hormone Heresy, from the pill to the endocrine disrupting chemicals to nutrigenomics. I've written all of this in my latest edition of Hormone Heresy, which came out, I think it's about a year and a half ago now. But, um, uh, you know, this is the fact. The fact is that we are living in a world of, of endocrine disrupting chemicals, endocrine disrupting foods, and uh, there really is no escape. We do the best we can. We eat organic. We filter our water. We try to avoid um, plastics, but it's in the water. It's in you know these things. You know the hormones, the birth control pills are peed out into the water, and the water systems, the water treatment systems, are not designed to be able to clearly remove these molecules from the water. We're taking this stuff in, which is pretty scary thought, you know. So what do we do? We have to optimize our detoxification pathways. You know, we must support detoxification of our body. Every single person listening to this podcast needs to understand how critically important it is to support the body with detoxification. And I don't mean just doing a detox every now and then. I mean working with foods that particularly will support on an daily basis our body's ability to clear these hormone-disrupting chemicals through the right pathway. And that basically means we need to be eating a diet rich in cruciferous vegetables, which are the keys. Broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, uh, kale, uh, uh, you know, radishes, I mean, the watercress, and throw in onions and garlic. These should be daily components of our diet because it is known that the active ingredients in these 
vegetables, and I prefer them slightly cooked, not raw, which are more difficult to digest, actually protect the liver and give the liver the ability to detoxify these endocrine disrupting chemicals properly so they can be neutralized into the weakened form and taken out of the body. Huge research going on. One of the best ways to protect your breast, to you know, have a diet that's a breast healthy diet, is to have lots and lots of cruciferous vegetables on a daily basis. So that's one very practical thing every single person can do, and even men, because men are at risk of prostate cancer when their liver can't properly metabolize their estrogens. So I assume that one of the things that, that's happening as well, what I observe, is that um, the kids nowadays, especially, you know, they just seem to mature uh, at a younger age. And maybe it's just my observation, but it just seems that way. Now, is that because of what you're describing, because of that detoxification um, problem and because the amount of toxicity that's in, in, in the diet? But is there specific foods that we are ingesting at this moment in time um, that is actually creating this whole entire imbalance in our body? Well, you know, first of all, I, I did a lot of research on precocious puberty. One out of six eight-year-olds are going into puberty, but it's starting even as, at five and six. Oh, wow. That's so. Uh, we have a huge problem. The earlier uh, uh, a child, and this is happening for little boys as well as little girls, we're seeing it in girls more, but um, the earlier that uh, a little girl is exposed to these hormones, which means the greater her lifetime risk of exposure to estrogens, the greater her risk will be of breast cancer down the track. But these young girls show up with all sorts of hormonal imbalances from really painful periods to... um, you know, assists uh, to just a variety of things. So this is a very scary condition going on worldwide. I have written about it. And then the, you know, I have another book that um, I wrote several years ago called uh, What Women Must Know to Protect Their Daughters from Breast Cancer mm-hmm. because I wrote the book due to the fact that I was observing in Australia as I was, because, you know, I, I've, I've lived in Australia 18 years. I'm an Australian resident. I come back every year to lecture. And uh, when I was traveling all over Australia many years ago, lecturing quite extensively, I would meet these these young girls, these young women with breast cancer. We're talking 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, sometimes teenagers. And I was meeting them all the time. I was horrified because breast cancer was supposed to be a condition in older women. And now we're seeing a growing incidence of women under the age of 40. Why is that a problem? Aside from breast cancer being a horrible diagnosis to have, it's more it's a more aggressive form of breast cancer in younger women, a worse prognosis, and there are more consequences from the treatment. And yes, you know, these women are really the canaries showing us what's happening from a toxic world, a toxic diet, impaired um, gene expression, so they can't detoxify these carcinogens, and uh, and stress, you know, all combined to, uh, you know, lead us down a very scary path. So we uh, we need to really wake up. We need to understand the importance of eating organically, of exercising, of taking key nutrients, of making sure we're going to chiropractors, acupuncturists, integrative medical doctors, naturopaths, you know, any, anyone who is committed to restoring the function of the body, not just suppressing symptoms with drugs. 
So this is the role and the importance of uh, alternative approaches and education so we can be empowered. And, and I just want to say something. I, I got into this hormonal world because I was suffering from anxiety attacks. I had, in my 40s, anxiety attacks. I had chronic hay fever. I had arthritis. I had Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, and autoimmune disease of the thyroid. I had depression. I had... You know, I had the whole thing going, and uh, that was my wake-up call. And I have none of those conditions now because I was willing to change. I was willing to do what I needed to do to heal my body. So my message is we can heal our body at any age. We can get younger and healthier as we get older. That is the gift and wisdom and power of our body. But you have to understand it. You have to work with it. You have to get educated with truthful information so we know how to make the best decisions possible. Just closing off, Cheryl, because that's powerful. It's so powerful to know that you've already been through this sort of stuff. There's women out there listening to this and going, oh, my gosh, she's living my life. Just, what, just before we go, what are the things that our fans should absolutely avoid? So plastics, soy, for example, what are the things that they should avoid? To, like give us your top five, and then obviously we already know what they should eat, but what are your top five things that women should avoid? Sugar, 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 sugar. all forms of foods that turn into sugar your breads your sodas your you know any form of uh, refined carbohydrate i am not a fan of wheat i think all wheat should be avoided not just because of the gluten issue because wheat itself has become a toxic food and Anything that's going to raise our insulin levels is turning out to be the most toxic, hormone-disrupting, pro-carcinogenic substance you can ever ingest. And that is really where the leading-edge research is going. Thank you You so much. Sorry, go ahead. You know, I mean, obviously, we want to eat organic. We want to eat clean. That goes without saying. But it's the sugar that is the greatest culprit to raising insulin levels. And I'll just say this really quickly. Sugar will increase insulin, which will increase estrogen, which suppresses thyroid, which suppresses progesterone. And that's the story right there. Cheryl, thank you so much. I mean, I'm definitely going to make sure my wife listened to this particular episode. And uh, that was just amazing to hear some of the insights. And I really hope that our audience uh, would be able to pass this on to other females and their families and friends, because I think it's a very important episode. Um, you can find more information on on Cheryl on her website, whatwomanmustknow.com. And uh, join her on her Facebook page as well, which is under the same name, What Women Must Know on her Facebook to um, ask her any questions and I'm sure she will have a, a huge following there to uh, to be able to help guide you in the right direction. So another that was just fascinating information. I really hope that uh, you do share this. So as always, go to thewellnesscouch.com to leave your comments below this particular episode and uh, love to know about what, you, what your thoughts are on this particular episode on hormones on our Facebook page. So as always, always, one more thing though that you need to do is always go to iTunes, subscribe, and make your comments below that uh, on our subscription on The Wellness Guys. Until next week, begin creating wellness into our lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. 
Hi, Damien Christoph from the Wellness Guys here. Wow, it's been electric since our first summit came to a close up on the Gold Coast. The wellness community wants more. Well, get ready because our next summit is coming to Melbourne and we'd love to have you come. The Wellness Guys will be there plus effervescent up for a chat girl Cindy O'Meara, Kim Morrison and Karen Smith and some super special guests. It'll be 10 hours of powerhouse wellness that you don't want to miss. Simply go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. See you there.